Every night at 8 o'clock, the bell tolled to signal a curfew for the local children. The parents told them that if they stayed out any later, Taggy of the Mist, or the Taggy Man, would get them. After that time, the Taggy Man would roam the streets and lanes and drag disobedient children to his lair up in the fells. The story came from Scandinavian folklore, and no, Cumbria didn't branch out and take over Norway, it's just where we start. Because at one point, this county was chocker with Vikings. Which means this county is also chocker with stories that get their start in Scandinavia. But it's not just the Taggy Man, who now lends his name to a local pub where I used to nab cheap pints. No, their influence is still alive in some potentially important places. It seems as if the Vikings' first job was to banish the devil from this place. In the parish church, there's a stone depicting Loki, bound by chains. The rock dates from the 900s and begins a long history of this area's tussle with evil. Aye, the devil's about in Kirby Stephen. Throughout this part of the county, the devil's impact is apparently plentiful and a lot has been pinned on the big bad goat man to explain the unexplainable. Many have taken a turn at explaining said unexplainable and done a pretty good job, but the devil persists. He is always in the details. One such impact is his very own mustard mill, installed at Stenkrith Bridge. The story goes that the water below cascades with such ferocity and might that the sound it produces cannot be nature alone and must be influenced by dark forces. Indeed, the devil himself uses the bridge to grind his mustard seeds and make something hot enough to placate his desire for hot sauce. Such a trivial use might indicate that mustard is terribly important to the devil and therefore not trivial, in which case he should be abound in Norfolk. It might indicate that a deal was struck between him and the Vikings that forced him out while allowing him to keep his mill. Or it might be a sign that the devil is still alive and well in Kirby, operating the place like his own personal playground. Others say, however, that this is little to do with the devil and more to do with Deville, a woman who was thrown into an abyss in the rocks by a scorned lover before he followed her. 
the sound we actually hear are their wails. In the rock formations there are also spaces fit only for druid cauldrons, with many believing the druids used the cursed site to perform their sacrificial rites, plunging yet more cries into the hellish hole. But you can avoid a bridge. Maybe you want to head through town on the Appleby Road, but you should still keep your wits about you. Passers-by used to talk of jangling Annas, the ghost of a drowned prisoner now forever rattling her chains. It was only forever until our own personal avenger, the wise man of Stainmer, came to town, banishing Annas' spirit into a rock where it resides to this day. But you should still keep your wits about you. Because nobody knows which rock it is. As for the wise man of Stainmer, well, he's another story for another day. Not far from Kirby Stephen are two castles steeped in history. The closest is Lammerside Castle, and locals might not have wanted this to be closer due to what was inside. While it was originally built to provide protection from the water, whoever needed it, it is now passed into Arthurian legend as Castle Dolores, home of Tarquin, a hulking giant who dined on young boys. These days, though, it's just home to a load of aggressive ghosts, so... Whew. A little further out, and you have what is probably the better known of the two, Pendragon Castle. Home of King Arthur's dad, Uther Pendragon, he was a bit of a bastard who ruled through fear and couldn't get the River Eden to fill his moat. The fear factor involved supposedly keeping a legendary beast locked in the castle to keep enemies away as well as the locals. Many put Uther's access to this creature down to a deal with, guess who? The devil. Uther and every other inhabitant of the palace would die due to a poisoned water supply, but it is said that you can still see his ghost galloping along at high speeds rushing to feed the beast the devil gifted him in exchange for his soul. As for King Arthur, well, he's another story for another day.
head out the other side of Kirby Stephen and you complete the <clears throat> Devil's Triangle with a visit to Crosby Garrett. Their area of affliction is a biggie, and aside from being the whole hamlet, the devil seems to have focused in on a church. That might be why there are three in such a small place, but one, St Andrews, is the only one atop a hill. Its initial life was as a lookout, but it would transform into a place to harbour the vulnerable and then naturally into a church. It was decided that the church would be built at the bottom of the hill so as to not unnecessarily strain the workers, but when said workers gathered up their resources ready to go for the tomorrow and retired for the day, the night brought mischief. As the workers awoke to begin construction, they found all their equipment and materials had been moved to the top of the hill. And so, assuming it was an instruction from higher up, interpret that however you want, they set about building the church at the top of the hill. Surprisingly enough, it turned out that the devil himself was to blame for the trouble. He had hoped that by having the church built up a hill, the old and infirm of the hamlet wouldn't make the journey, making them more susceptible to his message. But Crosby Garrett proved itself more devout than he had anticipated, as the locals scaled to the summit and triumphed over the horny bastard each and every week. Crosby Garrett is a strange place. In its history, it is immediately shrouded in a bit of mystery because of its name, meaning crosses belonging to Gerard, but no holy man of this name has ever existed in the area. Add in early records of Satanism, as well as the steady decline in the population, and when this hamlet is eventually empty, the devil's playground it may become. Unless folk keep finding Roman helmets there. That'll keep bringing them in. So why does the devil want this place so much. I'm sure he wants everywhere and every town and location has its stories about the devil but he seems to be making an extra special effort for Kirby Stephen and its surrounding areas. So much so that he's built a load of back doors and a load of traps to keep himself around. There's even a Devil's Bridge nearby in Kirby Lonsdale. But he continues to be repelled. Going back to our Scandinavian friends for a sec, Kirby would have translated to Settlement with a church. In naming it this, 
Did they make themselves a target? Did they stand so defiantly in the face of the devil that he can't help but keep at them? An eternal battle between good and evil. Or maybe the Vikings cast him out when they got here. Much like Crosby Garrett and Kirby Lonsdale, Kirby Stevens' population is dropping and maybe, just maybe, the devil is driving them out so he can reclaim what he lost. Maybe he keeps coming back because it's all built on his ground. Cheers for listening to the sixth and final episode of season one of the Folklore of Cumbria cast. I'd like to thank my sources, the book Walks in Mysterious North Lakeland by Graham K. Dugdale and throughout the series The Ghosts of Cumbria by Laurie Kemp. Also the Kirby Stephen Parish Church, the sites gutenberg.org and cumbriacountyhistory.org.uk as well as the Taggy Man pub in Kirby Stephen. The music was provided by Shane Ivers at www.silvermansound.co.uk. Details are in the description. And thank you. There's a lot more to cover and a lot more to uncover when it comes to Kirby Stephen and its surrounding areas. Maybe you could find something on your next walk or bike ride. And if you find yourself skimming stones on your journey, check them for a jangle before you throw. See you next season. Have a good one.